Welcome to a very special episode of Thrillergram. I am your host, Floyd Ferguson, and I'd personally like to thank you for tuning in. Tonight, I tell the tale of Sam Hain, a story set in the universe of John Carpenter's Halloween. Our cast of players are Sarah, played by Emily Linnell, Caitlin, played by Sarah Cortez, Connor, played by Brandon Tyler Russell, Madison, played by Emily Pierce, Pamela Strode, played by Julie Erickson, Sheriff Brackett, played by Tommy Riddell, Stephen Lloyd, played by Zach Ogle, Hannah, played by Ali Marianelli, Eve and Dispatcher, played by Emily Wallace, and Bar Owner and Deputy, played by Peter Chudaba. It's been 19 years since Lori Strode passed away at the Grace Anderson Sanitarium. It is Sunday, October 28th. Our story begins in Summer Glen, California. Sarah Tate sits on her bed, browsing apartment rentals in Los Angeles. Oh, what do we have here? Sarah Tate opens an email from Strode Realty. Oh my god. The email is penned by her great-grandmother, Pamela Strode. My dearest Sarah, I received your email a week or so back and have since been trying to find the right words to send my reply. Respecting both your father's and late grandmother's wishes, I have remained out of the picture for your safety. However, with you being your own adult and, God willing, safe travels, I would love to finally meet you. You look so much like your grandmother, Lori, in the picture you sent to me. My address is 5395... Come in. Sarah's roommate, Caitlin, enters from the hallway. Hey, I just got back from the grocery store. Mind giving me a hand? Of course. As Sarah and Caitlin made their way out to the driveway... Sarah shares news about her great-grandmother. Remember that email I sent a few weeks back to my great-grandmother? The realtor in Kansas? Illinois. Yeah, what about it? Well, she emailed me back. So you actually found her? Yeah, and she wants me to come out to Illinois to meet her. Are you gonna go? I want to. It's kind of a far trip, though. I haven't even looked into plane tickets. So why don't we road trip it? Seriously? You'd come with? You're my best friend. It would be weird for me not to. Plus, I've always had a mild fascination with you being related to Michael Myers. It's really not what it's cracked up to be. I know. I've heard the stories. I'm sure my dad would say this is dangerous or not a good idea, so why don't we make it a quick trip? So where in Illinois are we going? It's a small town called Haddonfield. It's kind of on the outskirts of Chicago. What is that, like a two, three-day drive? Hello, Eve. Yes, Sarah. How far away is Haddonfield, Illinois? Haddonfield, Illinois is 2,120 miles away. Eve Map says about a day and a half, and I'm sure that means if we drive straight through. Can I invite Connor along? He could do a good portion of the driving. Oh, 
So you're already making me a third wheel. No, we can keep the cutesy stuff to a minimum. Okay, but if I'm driving and I see you guys grinding in the back seat, I will drive us off the road. <laughs> you have my word. Mm-hmm. I'll have to get Connor's word, too. In blood. Guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Sarah and Caitlin share a playful glance. Did you get that noodle thing by chance? I was really hoping- Yes, carb queen. I got the noodle thing. You are the best! I know. You tell me this every day. Almost every day. A few hours later, while settling in after dinner, Sarah and Caitlin receive a visitor. Were you expecting someone? Connor said he was busy. Should we answer it? It'd be rude not to. Sarah gets up from the couch and crosses the living room to the front door. Hello? Sarah peeks out onto the dimly lit porch. Weird. Sarah turns to look at Caitlin. No one's there. Hi. Asshole, you scared me. (laughs) Wasn't that the point? I thought you had plans tonight. I do. Hey, babe. So then, what are you doing? (laughs) You, hopefully. Keep the bed rattling to a minimum. What are you guys watching? Hocus Pocus. Uh, What's that? Hocus Pocus. Seriously. You know I grew up under a rock. It's only arguably the best Halloween movie ever made. Well, can we start it from the beginning? Sure, I guess, but we can't be up too late. Wait, is the road trip tomorrow? Are you kidding me? What? I was working earlier. We're leaving early, which means you should probably go home and get your shit packed. What about sexy time? You'll get plenty of loving when you get back. Guys, remember, we have to be up early. I can make it quick. I'll be back in a jiffy. Following a quick pack job and a shower, Caitlin sits in bed and begins to read Night Shift by Stephen King. Yeah? Sarah enters from the darkened hallway. Thank you for wanting to come with me. Are you thinking about your dad? Is it obvious? Sarah takes a seat on Caitlin's bed. You're pretty much the only family I have. Your mother was an idiot for abandoning you. Not everyone wants to be related to a serial killer. I'm blood-related, so I have no choice. Well, I will always protect you. You're my sister. Maybe not by birth, but we're family for life. And if that makes me family with a serial killer too, then that's a sacrifice I have to make. Sarah and Caitlin share a smile. Am I interrupting something? Nope, she's all yours. If you hurt that perfect specimen of a human, I'll kill you. Okay, it's a little out of nowhere. I'll see you both bright and early. Can't wait. Good night, love. Now do I get some loving? It's already after 11. I can make it quick. That's really not something to brag about. Ouch. You girls really have your claws out tonight. This isn't going to be a fun road trip. It's probably going to be pretty emotional. Well, if it makes up for my moments of douchebaggery, I'm here for both of you. I know how important Sarah is to you. And from what you've told me, I know how important you are to her. Caitlin gives Connor an endearing look. I definitely say that makes up for it. A little. Just a little? <laughs> Come and get him, boy. Mmm, I like the sound of that. 
Knowing Caitlin's headboard was about to start rattling, Sarah placed some earbuds in her ears and fell asleep to her sleep playlist on Spotify. Can we stop at Starbucks? We can stop wherever you'd like, but we have to get on the road soon. A few hours later, the group found themselves on Interstate 70 with 26 more hours of driving ahead. Did you guys pack a Halloween costume? We're definitely not spending Halloween there. Or going to a party. Oh, come on! Look, I, I know this trip is supposed to be about family and... and whatever. But we're gonna be in a completely different state, a completely different city. We have to party. Halloween has never been a fun time for my family. I know. You hid in your room last year while Katie and I went to Brian's house party. There's more to the story that you don't know. Please, drop it. Okay, okay. (sighs) I'm sorry. You don't have to be sorry. Just please don't bring it up again. Several hours passed. Sarah silently sits in the back seat, attempting to get some shut-eye. Is she asleep? Caitlin glances over her shoulder. I think so. Hey, so what is the big secret? Uh, I feel like she's been a little tense. I haven't told you because I don't think it would be my secret to tell. Is it something I should be worried about? I don't think so. Or at least I hope not. Connor takes Caitlin's hand into his. They share a loving glance as they continue down the road. In the back seat, Sarah stares out of the side window with tears in her eyes. Memories of her father play in her head. As a look of worry crosses her face, Sarah begins to think of the box of family photos and news clippings she had found in her father's attic. Inside the box labeled Mom were articles about her great uncle who was described frequently as the shape. Images of body bags, blood stains, and a stark white emotionless face take over. The fear of the boogeyman begins to set in. <sighs> Babe, can we stop for the night? I'm barely able to keep my eyes open. I don't know if it's fine. I can probably use some sleep in an actual bed anyway. Okay, I'll get off the next exit with a motel. Oh, and uh, I'll pay for the room. The group pulls into a motel just outside of Denver, Colorado. After a few hours of shut-eye, they hit the road again, this time with Sarah at the wheel. With 14 hours of driving ahead, the group would arrive in Haddonfield just after 11 p.m. (laughs) Guessing nothing is open, even grab a bite at? Maybe there's a bar open. Bars usually serve food. Where are we going to stay? The group arrives in front of a bar called the Violet Lounge. Sign says food. Then let's make it happen, Captain. Only two bar stools. Uh, I'll stand. I've been sitting forever. An edgy-dressed woman with purple hair walks up to the group, 
carrying an empty serving tray. Hey, what can I get for you guys? Um, are you still serving food? Oh, the kitchen closed a half hour ago. <sighs> Perfect. Are you guys in town for the Harvest Festival? No, we're here on other business. We might check it out, though. Awesome. Well, uh, can I get you guys a drink? Do you guys have any chips? Or, like, anything pre-made? We're not picky. Yeah, I can see what we got left lying around. Thank you. It means a lot. We've been driving all day. <laughs> you got it. I'll be right back. I say if she comes back empty-handed, we eat Connor. I definitely second that. Just, uh, don't eat my, my right arm. It's my good arm. <laughs> right. You guys are in luck. We had some fries sitting under the heat lamp. They're kind of soggy, so... Hey, it means they're on the house. Can I get you guys some sodas? Maybe a cider? Uh, what do you have on tap? We serve stone here. IPA? Coming right up. And for the ladies? Cider. cider. Please. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll have your drinks out shortly. Oh, and here's some ketchup to make the fries a little more bearable. As the bartender walked away, Sarah took a look around the bar. She began to notice that other patrons in the bar were beginning to stare at her and her friends. All right, two ciders and an IPA. We ran out of IPA on tap, so you're going to have to drink from the bottle. So what do we owe you? An explanation. You guys said you're here on business? No offense, you don't exactly look the businessy type. We left our pantsuits in the car. The group shares a polite smile. I'm here to meet my great-grandmother. My father recently passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't be. He was a liar. Do you know Strode Realty? Who doesn't? They sell houses all over Livingston County. Pamela Strode is my great-grandmother. I know your grandmother. Well, I know of your grandmother. Is she, like, a celebrity here? Just then, a homeless-looking man named Stephen Lloyd approaches the group. He stares down at Sarah and her friends. <laughs> Something like that. And who are you? That's Stephen. He's... I'm her pet. She feeds me scraps behind the bar after closing. Probably because she feels bad that my mommy abandoned me at a bus station. Isn't that right, Maddie? An awkward silence falls amongst the group. Have you ever heard of Michael Myers? The boogeyman? Steven, you know you're not supposed to be in here. <gasps> what, Mads? I'm a paying customer just like everybody else. Right. Okay. What is this about Michael Myers? Steven, please. Steven picks up Sarah's cider and begins to take a drink from her glass. Dude. Steven. <sighs> oh, I'm sure you'll find out all about him soon enough. The strange man walks away, leaving the group uncomfortable and confused. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll get you another cider in a... a fresh, a clean glass. And you know what? I want to chat more, but I have other customers, so... Where are you guys staying? Uh, in our car. I swear we're not homeless, too. There's just not anything open. Madison pulls out a pen from her apron. She then writes her address and phone number down on a napkin. You guys can stay with me. It's a small apartment, but it's better than nothing. Thank you. Why are you being so nice to us? You guys look a little down on your luck. No offense again. I also pretty much eat and drink here for free, so... Well, thanks again. Don't mention it. I'm off at 2.30. All right, so to newfound family, free beer, and a place to stay. Hell yeah. Hey, cheers. Oh, you guys go ahead. 
I'm not drinking mine. Following a night of rest and relaxation in a small living room, the group awoke to the sound of breakfast being made. Morning. I made breakfast. Seriously? You didn't have to do that. Nah, it's no problem, really. And besides, you have an entire day ahead of you. Meeting your grandmother. After all... Sarah nudges Connor and Caitlin. Madison made breakfast. What? Oh, it's not much. Just bacon and eggs. And toast. I love bread. Oh, and if for some reason you need to crash here again tonight, you're more than welcome to stay. Thank you. There has to be a point where you stop being so nice to us. Don't mention it. Well, I have some errands to run, so just lock the bottom lock on your way out, and maybe I'll see you guys tonight. Did you guys say there's breakfast? Okay, so I'm going to try and ignore life's usual rules for a moment. She's freaking awesome. Yeah. I think she's being too nice. Maybe she doesn't have any friends. She's a bartender. Everyone's her friend. She could be just one of those rare, nice people. Uh, I don't know. Free drinks? A place to stay? Breakfast? It's one thing to be nice. It's another to treat us like royalty. Well, either way, I'm not turning down a free breakfast. Sarah takes a bite of her toast. All right. Well, I'm going to go freshen up. And if you two could move your pokey asses, it would be great to get to my great-grandmother's house before Christmas. Hey, we're getting there. A little more than an hour later, the group arrives at a greenhouse with a white trim. Five, three, nine, five. This is it. Are you ready to meet your grandmother? I'm nervous. Don't be. I'm sure she's really excited to meet you. You're right. Okay. Let's do this. Inside, Pamela Strode has just removed a pumpkin pie from the oven. Just as she places the pie on a cooling rack. I'll be there in a minute. Pamela removes her oven mitts and apron. Just hold your horses. Hello? Oh, Sarah? That's me. Oh, my stars and garters. I can't believe you're actually here in person. Pamela takes a moment to admire Sarah. You have your grandmother's hair. Oh, are these your friends? Hi, I'm Caitlin. I'm Sarah's best friend and roommate. And I'm Connor. I'm pleased to meet all of you. Oh, oh, please come in. Pamela begins to lead the group inside. And close the door behind you, young man. After getting the group settled into the living room, Pamela emerges from the kitchen, carrying a tray of teacups and slices of fresh pumpkin pie. I apologize. I don't drink coffee anymore. (laughs) Too much caffeine. (laughs) You really didn't have to trouble yourself. And what kind of grandmother would that make me? Certainly not a great one. (laughs) (laughs) I guess not. I am so excited you're here. When did you all arrive? Last night, actually. It's really pretty here. Well, you don't have foliage like this in California. So, after all this time, what made you decide to look me up? My father passed away from cancer earlier this year. That's actually why she moved in with me. Jonathan? I wish... 
I didn't know. A sad look crosses Pamela's face. I'm not surprised. He kept a lot of secrets from me practically my whole life. Luckily, I was able to find some boxes after he passed that answered some questions and gave me insight about my life. Like having a great-grandmother halfway across the U.S. Well, our family has a very, um, difficult past. I know about my uncle. Your father actually contacted me when you were born. And then once more, after your grandmother, Lori, had passed. But shortly after that, he cut off all contact. And after your great-grandfather, Morgan, passed seven years ago, I've been all alone. How did he die? Natural causes. (laughs) It seems the way we all go at this age. But enough about death. I want to know everything about you. I have about, uh, what, uh, 21 to 22 years to catch up on? 21 as of August. 21. You have an entire life ahead of you at that age. I know you don't want to talk about it, but I'd really like to know everything there is to know about our family. Even the dark stuff. I just feel like I've been lied to my whole life. Even if it might have been for my own protection, I still deserve to know. I can handle it. Okay. Young man, could you grab the photo album from me from that bookshelf? Sure thing. Connor crosses the living room and grabs a powder blue photo album inscribed with Lori on the cover. He hands the album to Pamela. Thank you. Now... Where shall I begin? I suppose from the beginning. Your grandmother wasn't always a strode. Your great-grandfather and I adopted her when she was an infant. Pamela hands Sarah a photograph of her grandmother, Lori, as a baby. Your grandmother is a strode by heart, but a Myers by blood. As in Michael Myers? Yes. Michael was her brother. Back in 1963, your great-uncle murdered your great-aunt Judith. At the time, Cynthia, your grandmother, was barely a year old. Michael was sent away to an institution where everyone thought he would eventually die. Out of fear for your grandmother's life, her parents put her up for adoption. And since your great-grandfather and I couldn't have children, We adopted little Cynthia and changed her name to Lori. Shortly after putting Lori for adoption, her parents, your great-grandparents, died in an automobile accident. I can't believe this. Connor, please. In 1978, Michael escaped from Smith's Grove and returned to Haddonfield looking for his baby sister. And that's when all those murders happened. Yes. Michael killed your grandmother's friends, as well as a doctor and a few nurses, on that same night. A few years later, your grandmother, afraid her brother would return, faked her death and changed her name to Carrie Tate. And then he eventually found her. Well, he's dead now. No. I believe he's still out there. 
and every day I've been hoping and praying that he wouldn't find you or your father. Are you not scared for your own life? I'm a strode. Do you really think he's still alive? Or that he would return to Haddonfield? Thankfully, before Morgan died, we were able to demolish half of the neighborhood where that old house stood. We tore the place down and built condos. This town has taken every precaution we can to keep him from returning. Well, it's been almost 20 years. I mean, he has to be dead. Evil never dies. This answers so much. Thank you. How long do you plan to stay in Haddonfield? Maybe a few days. I hear there's a festival in town. The Harvest Festival is delightful. Halloween has been canceled in our town for some time now. Until recently, of course. I am actually baking a pie for the contest. My caramel honey crisp pie is second to none. Sounds amazing. It is, young man. Oh, so where are you kids staying at? Oh, I hope you're not at the Haddonfield Inn. It's borderline run down. We actually stayed the night at a friend's house last night. She offered us for us to stay over tonight, too. I have plenty of beds to accommodate you all. If you're interested, of course. Bet that's the office. Pamela stands up from her chair and exits the room towards the kitchen. Who knew I'd still be running a real estate company well into my 80s? I'll be right back, kiddos. I'm coming! Don't hang up! So, what do you think? About staying here? I just feel like we're kind of imposing. She's your great-grandmother, though. You just want to try her pie. You guys don't think it would be too weird? We just stayed on a random bartender's couch. This would definitely be a more normal option. True. Well, what if we leave for a bit and come back? I'm just feeling... Like this is all too much at once? Exactly. She does the mind reader thing with you, too. Freaky, huh? It's just called being observant, Connor. Well, if you want, we can head into town and get an actual normal meal. Maybe do a little shopping buy a costume for tomorrow night. Ooh, I like the sound of that. And then you can process and take all the time in the world. Well, of course, not too long. I'd like to sleep tonight. So we'll just tell her we're coming back. Pamela re-enters the living room from the kitchen. Sorry about that. (laughs) We're having a hard time selling one of the houses on Lampkin Lane. Oh, it's no problem at all. We'd like to stay the night if the offer's still on the table, but would it be okay if we went into town to buy a costume for tomorrow night and maybe had dinner? You kids are grown adults. You can do whatever you have the mind to. You won't be home too late, though, right? I go to bed right after Jeopardy. Oh, of course not. We'll be out maybe three to four hours at the most. Then I'll leave you to it. I'm going to make another tester pie. The group exits the living room towards the front door. Save room for dessert later. You got it, Miss Strode. Make sure you close the door on your way out, young man. Of course. (laughs) See you in a bit, Grandma. 
All right, where was I? Oh, I still, I still have to melt the caramel candies. As the group exits the front path towards their car, a man, hidden among some neighboring trees, watches the group as they enter the vehicle and drive away. The man's focus turns from the street to the Strode House. Back inside, Pamela Strode is using a double boiler to melt down some caramel candies to add to the pie's filling. Suddenly... Oh, that must be the kids. Did you kids forget something? Pamela reaches the open front door and peers out onto the street. Kids? As Pamela continues to look around in confusion, above her, just at the top of the stairs, a masked man looms staring down at her. Hello? Sometime later, across town at Vincent Drug, Caitlin enters Sarah's dressing room to try on a Red Queen costume. This place is definitely a small town. Their costume selection sucks. What are you trying on? The Red Queen. I saw you grab the Alice costume. Figured we could do a theme. What's Connor dressing as? At the front counter, Connor strikes up conversation with Hannah, one of the female staff members of Vincent Drug. I hear there is a Halloween festival going on tomorrow. Our town actually calls it the Harvest Festival. Halloween is kind of cursed in our town. What do you mean? Well, it's been like 20 years since he's been here. Michael Myers? Yeah. So I guess you know. Actually, the friend I'm here with. Connor? Yeah? Babe, you look hot. Why aren't you trying on a costume? I didn't know I was supposed to be. I have a costume in my bag, remember? Yeah, but Sarah and I are going as Alice and the Red Queen. What costume do you have? Sexy Trump? Ew, no. Definitely not. Do you guys have a Cheshire Cat costume? Or a White Rabbit? Yeah, I think we have both, actually. Cool. Caitlin begins to cross the store to the men's costume section. Is that your friend? That's my girlfriend, actually. Connor! Shit, I gotta go. A few moments later, the group exits the drugstore and walks back to their car. You know... I'll kill you if you were flirting with her. Chill. I was just asking her about the Halloween festival. What should we do for dinner? I was thinking Italian? Of course you were. Hey, my love with carbs is real. At least I know a plate of pasta won't talk with a random girl at a drugstore. Ouch! As the group places their bags in the trunk. Shit! What? Nothing. I, I just thought I saw something. As the group enters into their car... Just out of view, the masked man looms menacingly. Sometime later, the group arrives back at the Strode residence. All the lights are off. Do you, do you think she went to bed? Something isn't right. What do you mean? Upon closer inspection, the group finds the door partially open. Grandma? Yeah. Something definitely isn't right. I'll completely forget about you flirting with the drugstore girl if you- I wasn't flirting with her. Maybe we should call the police? Okay. Caitlin removes her cell phone from her purse. Please tell me this isn't happening. Hello? Sometime later, 
a patrol car arrives in front of the Strode house. A deputy with sandy brown hair and blue eyes approaches the group. Is everything okay here? We don't know. And who, who placed the call? Me, sir. And what are you kids doing on Miss Strode's property? She's my grandmother. Ah, huh. is that right? Do you have any identification that proves this? Christ, why don't you believe her? We haven't done anything wrong. We were here earlier. Son, son, if if you can kindly wait your turn. (laughs) Okay, Dad. The deputy gives Connor a disapproving glare. Identification, please. Thank you. Sarah Tate? You are a long ways from California. As Connor was saying, we're here visiting my great-grandmother. And you chose Halloween time to do so. Would Christmas be better? Stop. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you are who you say you are. However, I think your timing is impeccable. Uh, I'm going to ask you to stay out here while I search the property for Miss Strode. Okay. Sheriff Department! The deputy enters into the darkened house, disappearing into the shadows. Across town at the Violet Lounge. Steven? Oh shit, sorry, Mads. Classy. You know, you could at least be decent enough not to piss on our dumpster. Where else am I allowed to go? (laughs) Your boss doesn't like me inside, Maddie. Yeah, about that. That was really uncool of you last night. What, is this about the Myers girl? Shh, yeah, shh, shh, shush. Oh yeah, hush and shush, yeah. I got it, man. I'm not going to keep giving you food if you're going to be rude to people. Why are you protecting her? I'm not. Oh, you're not? Oh, and you're just letting them stay at your place because... Where else were they supposed to go? Look, I don't have time to argue. I want to keep helping you. But you have to be more considerate. Hey, I am considerate. Madison hands Stephen a plate of food. Whatever. Just leave the plate on the apple crate next to the door when you're finished. And feed your damn dog. He looks like he's starving. Madison re-enters the Violet Lounge through the back door. Shit! Jesus Christ. Hey, is it okay if I go home a bit early tonight? Not at the fence. Are you still feeding that homeless guy? I pay for his food, Caden. I still don't like the homeless hanging out the back of my establishment. Probably pissing on everything. I'm just not feeling well. Yeah, fine, whatever. Hey, take out the trash first on your way out. And you better be here tomorrow. You know, Halloween is always our busiest night. I will be. All right, get some rest. Hey. What's going on? As Madison approached the dumpster... Hello? She noticed a pooling stream of blood coming from behind the metal bin. What the... Madison peers around the dumpster for a closer look. Her eyes were suddenly met with a horrific scene. Stephen's body lay slumped, with his lifeless eyes gazing up at the full moon, and his neck slit from ear to ear. She also took notice to a man in a blood-spattered mechanic suit, feasting on the intestines of Stephen's furry companion. No! The man locks eyes with Madison, 
As she turns to run, the man grabs a hold of a stark white mask from the ground. As he begins to pursue Madison, he slides on the menacing mask, void of expression. Shit, 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 shit. As Madison enters the car park, she makes a beeline for her car. Madison fumbles with her car keys. Shit. The masked man, just a few yards from Madison, continues towards her like a homing missile. Come on, start! Come on, start! Just as the engine turns over, the masked man approaches Madison's driver window. Fuck! Madison is able to escape, and she begins her hurried drive towards the Strode house. All right. Well, there is no sign of Miss Strode. Maybe being a woman of her age, she simply left the door open. There weren't any other signs of forced entry. So what do we do now? Well, I can't have you wait here. Of course. I guess we can go back to the bar and wait for a bit? Good. I'm starving. We just ate. I have a fast metabolism. Just as the group began the walk to their car... What the fuck? A distraught Madison emerges from the driver's seat. How did she know... You guys aren't safe here. What the hell is going on? Michael, he... Michael's back! Already starting with the trick-or-treat pranks, eh? It's a couple days early, you know. This isn't a prank, Sheriff Brackett. He killed Stephen. Stephen Lloyd? And his dog, too. Where... Hold on a second. Where did you last see him? Behind the bar, but he came after me, and if I wasn't quick enough... Sarah takes a shaken Madison into her arms. Okay, you kids wait in the house. Lock the doors and windows. I'm going to see if I can find him. Do not come out of that house until myself or other help arrives. Understood? Okay. Now! The group quickly enters into the darkened house, locking the front door behind them. What happened? I had just seen him. I went inside to ask if I could leave early. I was gone for all of four or five minutes. Michael had to have been watching us. That's impossible. Michael is dead. No. I saw his mask. Maybe it's something else? I promise you, it was him. Then what should we do? We're sitting ducks here. Where's Miss Strode? The sheriff says that she must have left the house. He didn't find her anywhere. We were just about to leave when you- It's after 10. Where would she go? Look, I really don't want to hear some hypothesis about my grandmother being dead. You shouldn't have come here. Do we have any news on the body at the bar? We just arrived. The victim can be confirmed as uh, Stephen Lloyd. Over. Copy that. I am going to circle back to the Strode house. I need all available units to blanket the surrounding area for our suspect. I also need a patrol car to 1115 Oxley Street. Over. All available units are needed to blanket the surrounding area for suspect Michael Myers. He's described to be wearing a white mask and blue coverall. Suspect is 6'1 with brown hair and blue eyes. A patrol car is needed at 1115 Oxley Street for backup. Moments later, Sheriff Bracken arrives at the Strode House. Sheriff Department! We're in here! Sheriff Brackett enters from the foyer. Is everyone all right in here? Yeah, we, we were just waiting you for... You need to barricade yourself in a room on the second floor. You're not safe down here. And what are you going to do? I'm going to guard the door. Backup is on the way. Well, not everyone at once. Come on. The group barricades themselves in a guest room on the second floor. Search the room for a weapon. If for some reason he takes me out... 
You have to be ready. Thanks for the vote of confidence. Do not leave this room. Well, you heard the sheriff. Let's arm ourselves. Meanwhile, downstairs, the sheriff is alerted by the sound of breaking glass. 1062 on the Strode house, window broken into on the bottom floor. Where is my backup? The sheriff cautiously descends the stairs to the lower level of the Strode house. Back inside the guest room. Have you looked in the closet? No. Sarah opens the closet door. The body of Pamela Strode falls to the floor of the guest room. Her body covered in blood from multiple stab wounds. No! Caitlin catches Sarah as she collapses to the ground. It's okay. It's okay, baby. I got you. I got you. As Sheriff Brackett rounds the corner of the kitchen into the living room, the sheriff is throttled from behind. Brackett tries to fight back, but is overpowered. We're not making it out of this house. Madison, please. We have to fight him. Okay? It's either fight or die. Downstairs. Upstairs, the group arms themselves with various weapons they could find in the guest bedroom. Wait for my signal. Madison, leading the group, opens the bedroom door and cautiously makes her way into the hallway. She peers down the stairs at the open front door. Seeing no sign of Myers, she turns towards the group to give them the signal that everything is clear. Suddenly... The masked man has stepped out from a shadowed doorway and throttled Madison from behind. Before Madison has time to react, the masked man slashes the blade of a kitchen knife across Madison's neck. He then tosses her limp body down the stairs. What the fuck do we do now? The group decides to climb out of the second story bedroom window. He's coming in, hurry! I'll go first. Caitlin jumps out of the bedroom window, landing in a flower bed below. Okay, your turn. I, I can't. Sarah, he'll kill us. Sarah looks over from Connor to the window. She reluctantly jumps from the window, landing in the flower bed below. Connor takes his weight off of the door. Just as Connor reaches the window, he is throttled from behind. No! Before Connor can fully react, the masked man drives his knife into the bottom of Connor's jaw, stabbing through his mouth and into his brain. Still holding Connor's body in his arms, the masked man peers out of the bedroom window onto the ground below. No, 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 no. Come on. Sarah and Caitlin, both slightly injured from their jump, quickly limp across the backyard to the side gate. Just as they exit the gate onto the driveway, 
the masked man appears from the front door. Get in the passenger seat! Sarah and Caitlin approach the patrol car. It's locked! Sarah grabs a rock and smashes the window on the driver door of the patrol car. She reaches in the door and pulls up the lock. Just as Caitlin closes the passenger door, The masked man grabs a hold of Caitlin through the passenger window. With the engine on and the patrol car already running, Sarah slams the gear shift in reverse. The masked man's grip is no match for the reversing vehicle. Are you okay? Are you okay, baby? No. Let's go home. The masked man is left in a cloud of dust. As backup arrived at the Strode house, the masked man vanished into the shadows of the night. I am Floyd Ferguson. If you enjoyed tonight's tale of Sam Hain, hit subscribe below. This episode brings our second season to a close, but we will be back before you know it. As always, thank you for tuning in. And join us next time for another tale of horror, mystery, and the strange.